0: Educating our community about the impacts of gambling harm, live from Maryborough Education Centre in Victoria, Australia, you're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. Welcome everyone, we are live from Maryborough Education Centre in Victoria, Australia. You're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. My name is Aurora and my co-hosts today are Joel, Cody and Molly. Our special guest today is Anthony, who is a Gambler's Help Therapeutic Counsellor. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Lovely to be here.
0: Um, so our first question is, what is your role as a Gambler's Help Therapeutic Counsellor? Like, what do you do?
1: Okay, so my role is, is divided into a couple of different sections. My first role as a therapist is to work with people who are directly affected by gambling. So that's the person who gambles. The second aspect of my role is to work with people who are affected by someone who's gambling, so family members, friends, uh, spouses, children, friends, I said friends, relations, anyone in that area who's affected by that gambling. I guess my third part of the role is to do these sorts of things and come out and speak about gambling and, and to discuss with the community some of the effects of gambling and what addiction is and that sort of thing.
2: What age group do you find the most common coming to get help?
1: Um, There's a couple of different age groups, I guess, because there's different types of gambling, I can sort of put them into brackets. So with sports betting, online phone betting, we see a lot of young men between the ages of, I guess, 18 and 45. For people who are affected by gambling with pokies, it's often an older demographic, but that's not to say that young people don't get into pokies use as well. So it can range. We always said it ranges from 18 to 88. We see people from all age brackets, all walks of life. Yeah.
0: Have you ever tackled addiction yourself?
1: I have tackled addiction myself. I've, I've had an ongoing um, love affair with cigarettes and um, started way back when I was 17 and yeah, it's, it's been my journey through the years to, to work with that addiction.
0: How does addiction start?
1: Well, addiction starts as a, a way to cope with something different. So addiction is often not the general problem. The problem is underneath addiction. So people are often using any form of addiction to cope with something different. For example, if someone experiences anxiety or depression, they need or they don't know they need this consciously, but they resort to something to help soothe themselves, to help themselves feel better. So actually addiction is an attempt to solve another problem. Are there any people who refuse to cooperate? Well, in our service in particular, we don't have anyone who's mandated, which means that they're being asked to come through the court system or some other avenue. A lot of people who do come or most of the people that come are coming of their own accord, so they're self-referred. They generally come in because they've identified that this is a problem and this is something that I need to work on. On lesser occasions, we get people who are in a relationship and one of the partners finds out that they've spent a whole lot of money and this is getting out of control and an ultimatum happens. So you either get some work done, get some therapy, or you are out of here. So that happens sometimes. So that's a real motivator for some people. But generally speaking, uh, most people are there because they want to be there and they recognize there's an issue. Yeah.
0: So where does addiction come from?
1: Well, like I said before, addiction is the attempt to solve a problem, okay? So if someone's um, had an early childhood experience of trauma, if there's mental health issues, it's really that attempt to solve a problem. So it's sort of, it, it's not like it's a, a bubble that lands on your head just out of nowhere. It's actually something that is, um, it's, it's what we call it. It's an adaptive process. It's there to help another problem.
0: How would you define Addiction.
1: Okay, so the the definition I use for addiction is a four-pronged definition. So it's something that's compulsive. It's something that you are compelled to do, okay? It's something that gives you short-term relief or pleasure, something that you can't stop by yourself, and it's something that has long-term negative consequences, okay? I use the word something because it's not about drugs, alcohol, or gambling alone. It can be any behavior. It can be television, Netflix, internet, phone, food, exercise even something that might seem like it's good can become an addiction yeah okay what is the easiest way to reach out for help well to reach out for gambler's help there's multiple ways you can find us online there's our um, gambler's helpline phone number Um, you can always reach out to a trusted friend or you know, someone who you really feel connected and safe with. So there's multiple levels to reach out for help and it's not always reaching out for professional support straight away. Sometimes it might just be telling a buddy, hey, I'm struggling with this issue and uh, why don't we talk about it.
0: Why do people feel the need to gamble?
1: There's not really – it's not really feeling the need to gamble. It's more of a um, – it's an unconscious process that happens. It's something that people don't make a choice about. So addiction is – it's really important to realise that addiction is not a choice. It's actually an adaptation. It means that we are using an addiction to help uh, regulate ourselves and to soothe ourselves when we're really feeling out of control. So it's not necessarily a need to gamble, although it does become that because once you are hooked into that addictive cycle, then you're always needing it to, keep, to continue to self-soothe. Yeah.
2: So Anthony, how can someone who is a gambler, how can like their habits affect their own mental health and behaviour?
1: That's kind of chicken and the egg question because often it's, you know, mental health that creates an addiction to soothe the addiction. So someone's experiencing anxiety or depression, they gamble to help themselves feel better. But then they gamble and lose and lose and lose and then they feel more depressed because they've lost and then they feel more anxious because their bank account's depleting. And then they gamble more to try and win that money back and then they feel more anxious and depressed. Yeah. So it can also become a very vicious cycle. Yeah.
2: Um, Also, have you ever had anybody come to you for help that you were like really worried that they wouldn't be able to give up their addiction or that, you know, they were just really struggling?
1: Yes and no. I think there's always cases where someone's history of trauma is really severe that it's not as simple as just fixing the addiction or or treating the addiction. So what we try to do at Gambler's Help is identify if other services might be required to work in tandem with us. So at our agency at CAFs in Ballarat, we have a financial counselling team which, which can help on the financial level. We have, you know, housing and homelessness team, so if their accommodation is at risk. So it's not all up to me as a single therapist to try and, help this person who's sitting in front of me it's about having a team approach and and really referring people to different services that might be required mm-hmm. yeah
0: if you're just tuning in you're listening to our gambling harm podcast on Li- on live fm live from maryborough education center in victoria
2: australia so what made you get into this job was it your own addiction with cigarettes or what was it
1: I um I first studied counselling about twenty three years ago as a younger man, and I was always interested in the well being of people. And as I've sort of travelled through the years and learnt more about addiction and trauma, it's just been a, re- a place where I've really enjoyed working and and offering some support for people who are experiencing addiction. And I think for me the key is that there's always hope. You know, there's addiction is not something that is with you forever. It's not a genetic disease that sits in your body. It's something that actually can be worked through and, and there is real recovery in that. Yeah. Uh,
0: is there anyone who you've helped that you still stay in contact with?
1: No. Okay. On a professional level, that kind of goes against um, professional boundaries and ethics, so um, that's not the case. I guess in my personal life, there's always people that I've walked alongside in different processes, but, yeah, not in a professional sense. You know.
2: If you could give one piece of advice for someone who's struggling with addiction, what would it be?
1: One piece of advice. Well, I would say that it's not forever and I would say that the addiction isn't really the problem. It's a primary problem. It's certainly a problem but it's not the prim- It's It's a secondary problem rather. It's not the primary problem. What I would say is that you need to really start to get curious about the addiction and ask questions like, what does this addiction do for me? What does it help me with? because we see addiction as such a negative thing, which it is at times, but it's also there to help somebody out. So for example, if somebody is um, addicted to alcohol, they might be drinking a lot of alcohol because it helps them calm their nervous system and calm their body. But the addiction is not the problem. Their nervous system, their anxiety is the problem. So I would say, let's just get curious about the addiction. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's all we have time today. Thank you to our guest. Anthony, it's been a great pleasure talking to you today and with live from Maryborough Education Centre in Victoria, Australia. You've been listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. Educating our community about the impact of gambling harm live from Maryborough Education Centre in Victoria, Australia. You're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM.